Good evening. You are listening to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzler. We visited a wonderful museum a couple of weeks ago that is very near and dear to my heart. The American Swedish Institute, located at 26th and Park Avenue South in the Phillips neighborhood in Minneapolis, is hosting a wonderful exhibit about the history of the Hagstrom guitar, whose roots were in Sweden. The American Swedish Institute is a vibrant arts and cultural organization that engages locally and connects globally. It's a gathering place for all people to share experiences around themes of culture, migration, the environment, and the arts, informed by enduring links to Sweden. In 1968, I had a little folk duo called Paul and Christian. My buddy Christian's real name was Chuck Christensen. His uncle belonged to the American Swedish Institute, and he invited us to play a show in November of 1968 at the Institute. It was to be Paul and Christian's first gig off the Iron Range and into the big city of Minneapolis, Minnesota. We considered ourselves the answer on the Iron Range anyway to Simon and Garfunkel. So with matching jackets, a 12-string guitar, and a banjo, we made our way down to Minneapolis, driven by Chuck's dad, Wally Christensen, who was also our grade school principal. I was excited because Jimi Hendrix was making his Minneapolis debut that same weekend, the night after we were playing at the Minneapolis Armory. However, we could not convince Chuck's father into taking us to that. But we played our gig at the American Swedish Institute. We also had learned the Swedish National Anthem and had a wonderful time. So I was delighted almost 50 years later to find myself back at ASI to check out their new exhibit about the Hagstrom guitar. The American Swedish Institute is a leading museum and cultural center of international reputation and invites all people connect to their past and to their shared future, to understand their heritage in relation to others, and to discover their role as neighbors and global citizens. Vibrant, ongoing ties to Sweden will illuminate and inspire all these endeavors. They operate with a commitment to these following principles, stewardship, hospitality, learning, innovation, and sustainability. A couple of weeks ago, I met Laura Setterberg, the marketing director for ASI, and the main man, the man I call the Big Swede, Bruce Karstad, who runs the operation. We had a wonderful lunch at FICA, which was recently named Best Lunch in Minnesota by the Minneapolis Star Tribune in 2013 for its new Nordic cuisine. And we went immediately to the guitar exhibit, where we will take up from there. I'm here on Wednesday, July 8th at the American Swedish Institute, where I'm proud to say I did my very first gig in 1968 with Paul and Christian. So many, many years later, I'm here with Bruce Carstead, who's the head of ASI, and Laura. Laura Cedarworth, communications marketing manager. And they have a wonderful exhibit about the Hangstrom guitar, and we're going to just start at the beginning with the accordion. Bruce, tell us a little bit about the beginning of the Hangstrom guitar. Uh, okay, so... Uh, Hagstrom is a company and a family that comes from northern Sweden, a small community called Elvdalen. Um, and uh, the company was founded by Alban Hagstrom, who um, uh, was trying to build a music business, apparently, and uh, began to import Italian accordions hmm. for resale in Sweden. He quickly discovered that he might be able to make more money if he would uh, learn how to construct an accordion and sell it under the brand name Hagstrom. No easy task. No easy task. So they disassembled uh, one of the uh, Italian accordions, Castello uh, accordion, learned that it had 4,200 pieces uh, and figured it out. Wow. You know, a little bit of stealth and skullduggery got them uh, into a position where they began to make their own Hagstrom accordion. And of course the sweet genius as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think they produced over 700 
thousand attorneys wow. in the 40-year history of uh, the company doing this, beginning in about 1932. The great Swedish uh, accordion scare. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> then in uh, the 50s, uh, Alvin Hagstrom's son went to America, to New York, to explore opening up a market mm -hmm. for accordions in North America and, and quickly realized that it wasn't going to sell that much in America. But there was a new thing happening. Uh, a lot of guitars, yeah. rock and roll. And so he came back to Sweden saying, we've got to get on this bandwagon and let's start to produce electric guitars. And what year did you say that was first? Uh, 57 yeah. is when uh, Hagstrom's son, Carl Eric, went to New York. Um, so they uh, were advised that Hagstrom was probably not the greatest brand name uh, in under which to market a, uh, an electric guitar. So um, uh, an advisor, an investor perhaps in the company, said, let's go with Goya. Goya guitar will sell. And so they created their first uh, uh, electric guitar under that brand name, adopting many of the features and using some of the same materials right. that they were employing in the construction of the accordions, glittery uh, surfaces, buttons uh, for modulation of tone and pitch, uh, and they became a popular uh, success. Well, this Goya guitar we're looking at, it, it, it's, it has this beautiful wood like, it almost looks like the entire headstock and neck is mother of pearl. Uh, silver or silver, and then the body is a, a gold speck. Like it's uh, made out of celluloid, which is what they were making uh, the, uh, the, the accordion about. This guitar, if it was put on the market today, would still seem completely modern. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yep. It's a wonderful piece. Is this circa 1957 or 58? This is, you know, the, the, they manufactured the Goyas between 1952 and 1959 and 1962. Okay. So somewhere in there. Well, it also, this one was produced. also kind of coincides with the space age. Yep. Yep, exactly. So you have a, a very modern twist on an instrument that has its roots in the accordion. Well, let's go around and show us what, what is the... Uh, what are we looking at here? Well, you know, one of the great things that we at the American Swedish Institute like to do when we're showing exhibitions from Sweden and the Nordic region is really complement that with a local look at Minnesota and regional artists. And so part of the experience here is we look at how the Hagstrom guitar was built and what some of the innovative features of the Hagstrom guitars at the time, how is actually a guitar built. And so um, we've partnered here with Charlie Hoffman, who's got a fabulous uh, guitar repair um, and He's just uh, a lot of mine over the years. He's, he's a fixture of our neighborhood that well, we're in. He's a legendary, worldwide, renowned luthier. Absolutely. Still based in a shop on Franklin yeah. Avenue. And that's a magical place to visit. Yes, so sure so if people come check out the exhibit, you can duck in over there. We're yes. not too far. But he, um, in the in the gallery here, is walking us through how the guitars themselves yeah. are built. And so um, kind of breaking it down uh, for visitors to explore how all of these pieces come together to wow. create such a great instrument. Well, what a nice thing for him to do. The fun thing about Hoffman guitars, if you get there on the right day, you might be lucky enough to bump into Leo Conti, <laughs> my hero. So here's a, oh, now this is interesting. We're looking at a, um, a baby blue guitar with an amplifier that looks almost like a, a AM radio, a larger AM radio. Yeah, so this is the next iteration uh, in the wave of guitars that came out from uh, Hagstrom. And this is sort of a laminate body with blue colors. Um, it looks like a little bit, for, for those in the radio audience, like a, a little bit like a smaller version of a Fender Stratocaster. Yeah, yeah. And these were made 
to be sold inexpensively. They okay. wanted to get these guitars into into young musicians' hands, so they attempted to to do so in a way that there was affordable purchase for them. These were manufactured under a different name, not Hagstrom, not Goya, but Kent, huh. the Kent guitar. Uh, and uh, this particular model was played by David Bowie wow. uh, in the song Rebel Rebel in 1974. And it comes replete with... Uh, with a wang bar for those that are looking for the surf sounds mm -hmm. with a what they call a tremolo 26 amplifier wow it weighs less than a typewriter according to huh. well you have to really give them credit they were they've really been on top of their marketing yep. and national and international trends yeah absolutely and that's something you know that they were not the largest produced um, guitar in the world, if not Thunder Gibson, but right. they had a really niche following um, during the height of their production, and that was due to some of these great marketing pieces that we're doing, making sure you get them in the hands of David Bowie of Elvis right. Presley, yes. and getting them with the, with the rock Good. and roll. Once again, yeah. brilliant marketing. Yeah. The other the other thing about these guitars is that they were known as a fast playing guitar, mm -hmm. which apparently is an important feature uh, for a guitarist. And the reason that they were fast playing is for a couple of reasons. One, a very thin neck, mm -hmm. uh, and they were able to produce a thin neck guitar that would withstand the rigors of, 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 a, of a guitarist playing it by inserting a steel rod uh, embedded in the neck of the guitar, which was something that they uh, adapted from Volvo um, uh, Saab aircraft manufacturing wow. to strengthen the wings, you know, with a lightweight alloy, uh, and to give it some strength. Uh, and then, and, and so these, the thin neck and then a, a, a rod for durability and strength allowed these guitars to develop a reputation as being really fast playing. More with Bruce and Laura at the American Swedish Institute on the Wall of Power Radio Hour after these messages. The number one source of the Twin Cities Gay Scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities Gay Scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ Media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com. That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com. Saturdays at 1 p.m., you have a chance at a fresh start, a new beginning. Hi, everybody. This is Freddie Bell, host of New Beginnings. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, spirituality, and even entertainment. Every day is a chance for a fresh start. Join us Saturdays at 1 p.m. for New Beginnings with Freddie Bell on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. a wide selection of outdoor hearth products at Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces. Whether you prefer wood or gas, Woodland Stoves has the fire to fit your home. Pizza aficionados know nothing matches masonry oven baking for capturing flavor and nutrition. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces can easily install one in your home or business. Enthusiasts use these ovens year-round for bread making, wood roasting, even grilling. The mission and passion of Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces is to make the fire work for you. The way humans relate to fire is primordial. We have used fire to warm our bodies, cook our meals, and kindle our spirits. Our team has the know-how to do this in a clean-burning and environmentally smart way. Visit our store and experience the diversity. We have over 35 working units on display at the corner of Riverside and East Franklin. See us online at woodlandstoves.com. Find the fire that fits and works for you. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, out of the ordinary products and services since 1977. Northeast Minneapolis is known for its creativity, and you'll know exactly why when you eat at Hazel's Northeast. Their creatively prepared comfort food will have you coming back week after week. Breakfasts like biscuits and gravy, granola pancakes, and brisket hash. For lunch, homemade soup, and one of the best Rubens in town. And don't miss the daily risotto or Chef Ali's ever-changing dinner specials. Come on in. Bring the whole family. Hazel's Northeast delivers real good food. Family owned at 29th and Johnson in Minneapolis. Hi, this is Laura Hedlund with Food Freedom Radio. We want a regenerative revolution. What's that? It's a food system that works for water, soil, pollinators, and people. 
How do we get it? Maybe by being a little more lazy. So this summer, we're looking for lazy good food recipes. We're talking about how do we create a sane, kind food system. Food Freedom Radio, Saturdays at 8 a.m. or anytime on podcast. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Welcome back to the second set of the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzen. We are going back to our conversation with Laura and Bruce about the Hagstrom Guitar Exhibit at the American Swedish Institute. By producing the Viking model guitar uh, in the late 1960s. And this particular guitar, not this identical one, but a similar guitar, uh, same edition, same style, same color, was handed to Elvis Presley two days before he went uh, on TV in 1968. For the comeback special. For the comeback special. And when he was performing Jerry Reed's Guitar Man uh, on that program, he was playing this extra. Wow. So that's the Viking. Yeah, and, and then we got a bass that was played by Jimmy Hendrix. Really? In the late 1960s. And it's interesting, Bruce, because it's an eight-string bass. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And this is, uh, yes, uh, a clip from the Jimmy Hendrix experience. That's very interesting. They're doing Hey Joe in 1967. The guitar is being played by bassist Noel Redding. Yeah. And we have several video clips uh, as a part of the uh, exhibition. Uh, which shows the Hagstrom guitars being played by these uh, fabulous performers. And we also have on loan some Hagstrom guitars uh, to where you can go on stage and, and do your own strumming yeah. yourself and broadcast it on social media. Oh, fantastic. We might have to take advantage of that for the days then. Now, these guitars, I'm looking at it, it's called, it's a Hagstrom solid body. It looks a little bit like a Gibson Les Paul, except it has uh, where the uh, cutout is on the bottom of the neck. It's rounded as opposed to more of a pointed shape. And let me see, what, else, what can you tell us about the Patch 2000? Well, um, uh, there are there's some synthesizer capabilities that are embedded uh, within this particular uh, uh, guitar. It was promoted by Frank Zappa, uh, who, who played it, but apparently it was a little bit complicated. It never really uh, uh, sell well, uh, but uh, it uh, it was. Uh, you know, well regarded by some of the professional musicians. Like, well, uh, it's, it's uh, signed by one of the great American yeah. jazz guitar players, Larry Corey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He favored this one as well. So, I also believe this guitar was featured in the advertisements in Guitar Player. I believe other Hagstrom guitars mm-hmm. were, but I started uh, receiving. Uh, subscribing to Guitar Player Magazine in 1971, and I remember seeing pictures of Larry Coryell playing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, um, now we go over here. Some, here's some. Which way do you want to go, left or right? Well, we've got. We can go. We can just sort of end here with. Uh, there's a number of uh, sort of Scandinavian model uh, uh, with, with Nordic names. Uh, you know, we went from Goya to Kent. And now, you know, Viking, and now it's Swede, Super Swede, Scandi, and Viking right. uh, uh, are the uh, are the brands uh, under which these are sold. Um, you know, the, the, the Hagstrom guitars faced a lot of competition in the, in the mid-70s, and actually production ended in Sweden at about that time. Uh, other companies are now have picked up the designs and the model and are, and are producing. Uh, under the name. Under the name Hagstrom, okay. right, exactly. Um, and this particular collection of guitars are on loan to us from a museum in, in Sweden, in uh, Fallen, Sweden, uh, the Dollar County Museum. They've assembled a really fine collection of, uh, of guitars that they hope to create into a permanent exhibition on uh, this, uh, this phenomenon. Uh, they're also selling uh, 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 a uh, sort of commemorative model that we have right here with uh, uh, sort of a um, uh, a Nordic design floral motif on the pick guard. on the pick guard, which represents the cultural heritage of that area. Right, and one can pick one of these Hagstrom Viking 100. Only 
Only 58 of them are being produced. Wow. Uh, this is number 11 in the series, uh, which is being exhibited here. And so it's a very limited edition uh, uh, that uh, helps the museum essentially right. uh, create this. Well, it's, it's interesting now we've got four guitars over here. This, the Pat Smear signature model, uh, Pat Smear is playing right now with the Foo Fighters. Mm -hmm. Came up through the punk rock scene. That is a beautiful guitar. It's a double cutaway. Mm -hmm. Two humbucking pickups that looks like humbuckers. Yep. Uh, These are on loan to us uh, from a local company. Cliff Truckers. Who's that? Cliff Truckers is in West St. Paul. Okay. John Justin, fabulous, uh, fabulous shop over there. Um, these contemporary headstrums are on loan to us for the exhibition, and these are the types of things, the types of guitars that you'll see people picking up and playing during our ballroom music series that kind of goes along with the show as well. Cool. And tell us now, Laura, when the, the show started just about 10 days ago or so? Yeah, we just opened. It runs through October, and we this is part of our summer fall theme the way music moves me because music okay. is so in, instrumental not for the pun right. but instrumental to and core to the Swedish lifestyle right. and most uh, choirs in the world everybody sings everybody's making music and so in addition to Amp Up we have a great exhibition in the Turnblad Mansion called The History of Swedish Music in Three Minutes or Less and that walks you through 300 years of Swedish musical history through classical guitar in so three minutes in three minutes well <laughs> 10 rooms 30 minutes but yeah. um, a wonderful way to look at not just electric guitars and their contribution and Swedes contributions in the rock and roll world but also through classical guitars and like I was saying earlier how we connect contemporary Sweden and the Nordic region we're also looking at those regional and Minnesota artists um, through here in the show as well and so you'll see a great um, homage to pedal art and the art that is being made um, in Minnesota Wisconsin the upper Midwest um, as people explore the different you know the different accessories toys that come with us. And we're going to look at those, but let's uh, tell the people uh, the address, the American Swedish Institute, and the hours that people can come and enjoy the exhibit and whatever else you have going on. Yeah, the American Swedish Institute is located at 2600 Park Avenue South in Minneapolis. We're just 10 minutes from downtown. We're open uh, six days a week, every day except Monday, and we are open late until 9 o'clock on Wednesday night. Oh, cool. And what's your website? ASIMN.org. All right. Well, let's look... For those of you crazy rock and roll guitar players that love to use pedals, there is, I'm looking at almost a dozen different kind of pedals. And are these, how are they connected uh, with the Hagstrom Company now, or are these just Swedish pedals? They're not really connected to the Hagstrom Company at all. Okay. These, these are local uh, firms okay. uh, and designers, and uh, we, we, in addition to showcasing the best of Sweden and Swedish and Nordic design, we also have, we also like to have a local presence uh, and tying into local artists and crafts, uh, no matter what uh, may be the subject matter of the exhibition. So this is just. Uh, an example of showing uh, uh, Midwest designers, engineers, uh, products uh, that serve the the, uh, the guitar players. Do you know, Bruce? It's funny how we're looking at the Hagstrom, how it evolved, uh, company, how it evolved from accordions to electric guitars. And I had a friend of mine about a month ago call me at a terrible incident. Somebody kicked down the front door of his house and stole two of his favorite guitars out of his living room. And I told him I had a similar experience when I moved into northeast Minneapolis in 1996. Somebody in the middle of the night kicked down the front door of my house, came into the living room, and left three accordions. <laughs> All right, that's Bruce Alar from the American Swedish Institute. Come and enjoy this beautiful exhibit. The number one source of the Twin Cities gay scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities Gay Scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ Media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com. That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com. 
Hi, I'm Scott Peterson with the Minnesota News Network, inviting you to join us for Minnesota Matters, a weekly program covering everything that matters in the North Star State. This week, no charges in the shooting of Thurman Blevins. An August primary election preview, P.J. Flex Row the Boat Wall debuts at the U of M Children's Hospital and the 13-year-old hot dog king of Minneapolis. Tune us in right here or at minnesotanewsnetwork.com. Listen to Minnesota Matters every weekend, Saturday mornings at 5.30 and Sunday mornings at 6.30 on AM 950. Supporting the best local and independently owned restaurants in the Twin Cities has never been easier. You'll find an expansive list of local dining options at eatlocalminnesota.com. From classic American comfort food to authentic flavors from around the world. Experience cozy fireside dining at the Downtowner Woodfire Grill in St. Paul, specializing in fresh seafood, fire-roasted meats, and pizzas all cooked over an oak-burning fire, and salads and sandwiches, too. Join them for breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week, located at 253 West 7th Street with plenty of free parking, or online at downtownerwoodfire.com. Burger Moe's is the perfect neighborhood gathering spot before and after Excel Center events or anytime. Offering 20 fresh, never frozen burger varieties, more than 60 beers on tap, and happy hours twice daily. Burger Moe's is located at 242 West 7th Street in St. Paul with plenty of free parking and online at burgermoes.com. Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect. We examine meaningful connections to ourselves, our community, and the world around us by opening the door to innovative insights by a wide variety of interesting guests. We'll make the connections to something bigger than ourselves. Join me, Lori Fitz, your host of Connections Radio Show, and together we'll make the connections. Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at seward.coo. With your AM 950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Tonight, partly cloudy with a low around 67. Sunday, sunny with a high near 89 and a low around 68. Monday will be sunny with a high near 89 and a low around 68. A chance of rain on Tuesday with temperatures in the 80s. Lowry Hill Meats is your neighborhood full-service butcher shop, working directly with family farmers to offer you beef, lamb, goat, pork, and poultry, in addition to delicious handcrafted sandwiches. Check them out at 1934 Hennepin Avenue in Minneapolis. With the Wall of Power Radio Hour, this is your host, Paul Metzen. We're talking about the great Hagstrom guitar exhibit that is taking place through October 25th at the American Swedish Institute. My good friend Kelly Hodgkiss was able to track down one of the first Hagstrom guitar endorsees in America, jazz guitarist Larry Coriel. Larry is one of the greatest jazz guitar players in America as we speak, and also in the mid to late 60s was one of the pioneers fusing jazz with rock. He's recorded over 70 records. He's in the middle of a dozen projects as we speak. He just got done helping his wife record her new CD. He's going to tell us about some other projects he has coming up on the docket. By phone from the sunny state of Florida, jazz guitarist Mr. Larry Coriel. I had to prepare for a big uh, guitar-a-thon at uh, a club called Chance Blues Alley, Blues Alley in uh, Washington, Washington, D.C., where I'm going tomorrow. Wow, that's a, that's a very famous blues club. I believe Charlie Bird uh, used to work there quite a bit. That's well. correct. Charlie, Charlie Bird is one of the forces that promoted jazz and the, the guitar hmm. uh, in in the last century. Charlie Douglas was and is very important. I had the pleasure of seeing him several times at a great jazz club in South Minneapolis called the Artist Quarter, where I also saw people I'm sure you've admired and probably played with Joe Pass, Tal Farlow, Herb Ellis, among others. Wow. 
artist's quarter. Yes, and it was, you could sit up, it had maybe 70 to 80 seats in the listing room, and then a horseshoe bar as you walked in. Uh, but you could literally sit five feet away from, from any of those great artists, and uh, in my case, caught the licks that I could understand. Wow. <laughs> so, in fact, you know, I just saw a, I purchased a video documentary on Tal Farlow, and there is several minutes playing with a uh, man you might have met, and I'd love to ask you about, Mr. Lenny Bro. Oh, yeah, they play together? Yes, it's just wonderful, and there's some outtakes which I haven't gotten to. It's phenomenal. I would imagine it would be pretty amazing. Lenny Bro, for the folks out there that never heard of, was one of probably the greatest fingerstyle jazz guitarist, I think, in, in my lifetime. Played a seven-string guitar sometimes. It was also kind of a master of harmonics. Did you ever get a chance to play with Lenny over the years, Larry? Yeah. What was it like? Yeah, I did. Well, um, I don't remember exactly what it was like playing with him, but I remember that after hours he gave me some lessons. Really? He showed me how to play those harmonics. Oh my God! He was. He showed me that artificial harmonic technique. Right. That was just incredible stuff. Just chiming almost sounds like a Boisendorfer piano if you, if you if you amplified it correctly. Yeah, he also showed me how to uh, play giant steps. Hmm. The John Coltrane tune. Wow. Uh, he, there, there, was, there was a little secret that he uh, shared with me. Hmm. We won't ask you to share the secret, but that is probably, would you consider it, Larry Coriel, to be one of the most complex tunes to try to play? Uh, it, it, it is quite complex, and also uh, another Coltrane com composition called Countdown is very complex. Okay. Now, Larry, you were born in Texas, but kind of came of age in Seattle, Washington, correct? That's right. When did you start playing guitar? I really can't recall exactly how old I was, maybe 15 or 16. Okay. What were your first influences? Chet Atkins. Oh, love Chet Atkins. Well, I believe Chet was the man that really convinced Lenny Bro to move from Canada and possibly might have gotten him one of his first record deals. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Chet, of course, was a guitarist, guitarist. Now... Larry, you uh, really were at the forefront with a handful of other musicians. Uh, can we call it jazz rock fusion or one really jazz met rock and roll in the mid-60s? Anything you want to call it is fine. Okay. Uh, but you were really at the forefront of that and uh, playing with a bunch of marvelous musicians. Did you have any... Any pushback from the traditional uh, boppers at that time? Uh, of course, you know, Miles Davis was entering that territory as well. But was there any pushback from the, you know, uh, traditional uh, beboppers with going more electric yeah. and playing louder? Yeah, there was some pushback. But, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> we were trying to do something different based on our love of jazz music. And that's that's all that's all it was. Our motivation was to honor to honor Charlie Christian and West Montgomery and Barney Kessel. Instead of copying them, we, we wanted to take it forward if we could. Right. Now, what uh, other guitar players did you listen to that influenced you in your early years uh, besides Chad Atkins? Uh, Barney Kessel. Mm, love Barney. Johnny Smith. Mm, my goodness, yeah, love Johnny. Grant Green. Mm-hmm. Um, a great, uh, uh, Billy Bauer. Wow. Got records um, by all those guys. Yeah, um, Billy Bean. Okay. Loved Billy Bean. And, of course, California. Yes. Well, it's amazing when you see, I think it's just called, uh, the video is called Talmadge Farlow, how huge his hands were. Yeah. 
you know. And I believe he was playing, correct me if I'm wrong, was he playing a Birdland at the time, which has even a little smaller neck than a lot of guitars? He might have been, but I don't... I don't know, you know, he designed a guitar that the nut was shorter or something like that. It was, it was called a smaller scale or longer scale. He designed it in such a way that would make it easier to play. Wow. Well, and he was also not only one of America's greatest jazz guitar players, but uh, in the lineage of Woody Guthrie, a uh, hell of a sign painter as well, which is, I think is how he made his living for years in Seaport, New Jersey, when he wasn't on the road gigging. Tell us a little bit about, as long as we're talking about the Hagstrom guitar here, I remember Guitar Player Magazine, which I subscribed to in 71, I think I started. You were one of the first American guitarists to... Uh, endorsed the Hagstrom guitar. Is that correct? Yeah. And how does that, tell the people out there, the young guitarists, young musicians, how do endorsements work? They give you a free guitar and you have to do a few gigs and, and possibly they pay to use your likeness in ads? Or? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mainly you get a free guitar and it's usually the best model in the line. Right. Now, I was doing a little research on Hankstrom, and it said uh, Frank Zappa there for a minute or two uh, also played a Hankstrom guitar. Do you know anything about that? Nope. Okay. The only time, I, only time, only guitar I ever saw him play, I believe, was an L5. Hmm. Did you ever have a chance to hang out with Frank Zappa? Oh, yeah. Wow. What was that like? I, I told I was in the president's in the president's hmm. presence of a genius. Right. I can I can imagine. Well, you were you know you've been around so many great musicians. Uh, it would probably be hard to to talk about them all in the in the course of a short conversation. But you also had one of the first jazz fusion groups called Eleventh House. When did you oh. do When did you do your first record with them, Larry? 1973. And tell us who was in that band. Alphonse Mouzon, Mantle, Danny Trifan, and Randy Brecker. Wow. Did I hear there's there uh, recently or there's going to be a reunion of the surviving members of that group? It was last week. Oh, wow. How was it? Unbelievable. I hope it was recorded. Not officially. I'm sure somebody has somewhere, as they always do in today's advanced technological environment. Somebody, but, boot, uh, somebody bootlegged it. Well, it's somebody that I know. Yeah. Well, that's a good thing. You know, Larry, I, I booked a blues club called Famous Dave's Barbecue and Blues in Minneapolis from 2001 to 2007, and I never had the chance to book your son, uh, Morali Coriel, but I followed his career because I'm on his mailing list, and he's just developed into a powerhouse blues guitar player. Oh, yeah, he's fantastic. You must be very proud of him. Um, I'm proud of both of my sons. I'm, I'm proud of his little brother, too. And what does his little brother do? He played in the 11th house last week. Wow. Is he, does he play guitar? Yeah, he played all the keyboard parts using lots of pedals, so it sounded like a synthesizer. Wow. That's incredible. Well, are we ever it's going to... It's incredible. I was very impressed with what he did. Wow. How old, uh, how old are both of your boys? Maroney is... Wow. Well, are we ever going to see a uh, a guitar trio with the uh, with the Coriolis? Absolutely. Boy, would I love to see that. I know you play. I, I've never seen you. I'm playing a lot myself. But uh, when you do get to Minneapolis, you play the Dakota Jazz Club. Yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be at the Dakota in about a week or so. Oh, really? Do you know the date offhand? I do not. I just know that it's early August. 
Okay, well, that's wonderful because this show is going to air on July 25th. So people out there in the Wall of Power Radio Hour Land, check out uh, Larry Coriel, master jazz guitar player, coming to play at the Dakota Jazz Club the best jazz club in the Twin Cities, one of probably the ten best jazz clubs in the country, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Now, are you playing with uh, what configuration? Solo, trio, quartet? I actually, uh, I almost hate to tell you this, actually I'm playing with a Indian group. Really? Well, tell us a little bit about that. We're going to be doing ragas and uh, unfamiliar time meters and uh, some, you know, but we're still jazz musicians, so we But it's, it's improvisation, but it's not going to be uh, bebop improv. <laughs> well, that sounds really fascinating. I was doing a little research on you, Larry, and I saw at some point you, you studied and played sitar. Yeah, but that was, that was a failure. <laughs> I didn't really have a good teacher. Well... I just, I just bought, I just bought more and, and messed around with it, but... Um, and, and that was very early in my career. Now I would I would say to anybody who wants to play the sitar that they that there are many teachers now in America, right? Who will who, who will teach you how to play that instrument properly? Wow! And a good yoga instructor to be able to to play that thing cross-legged for eight hours at a time. That's true. They do have to sit in a funny position. <laughs> More with Larry Coriel on the Wall of Power Radio Hour after these messages. National Camera Exchange's annual tent sale is finally here for three days only, Friday, August 10th through Sunday, August 12th at our Golden Valley location. Join us for our biggest sale of the year where you'll find savings of 50% off on closeout new, used, and refurb digital cameras, lenses, binoculars, and accessories. Plus, save up to 50% for frames, albums, media cards, filters, accessories, and used equipment. Ready to upgrade your gear? Whether you're looking to sell or trade, our photography experts offer top dollar for your equipment. Bring your old cameras, lenses, or accessories to our Cash for Cameras event inside the tent, and we'll pay you on the spot. Get the gear you really want at this year's tent sale. Hurry in Friday through Sunday, August 10th through the 12th, for savings of up to 50% off on hundreds of tent sale exclusive items. Look for the giant tent at National Camera's Golden Valley location. More details at natcam.com. Hi, Matt McNeil for Rudy Luther Toyota. With summertime here, my family is super excited about the road trips we'll be taking in our Toyota Sienna. We're going to be putting a lot of miles in, but a Sienna is the most comfortable way to drive. Plenty of room for the five of us to stretch out and enjoy the ride, even with the dog and all of our gear tagging along. Safety and reliability are key, and Rudy Luther Toyota Siennas are the most safe, most reliable vehicles we've ever driven. Test drive one yourself at Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. Atheists Talk is the radio show for free-thinking Minnesotans. Listen on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock. Every Sunday we bring you science, philosophy, politics, and plain old fun from an atheist point of view. Visit our website at minnesotaatheists.org for more details. Tune in to Atheists Talk Radio Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock on KTNF AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's good radio without the good book. Enjoy a delicious home-cooked breakfast or lunch away from the kitchen at Milda's Cafe, now open seven days a week. Milda's Cafe has been cooking up family favorites since 1964. Grab a coffee and sit down for a delicious Philly scramble, house-made rolls, or Denver omelet. Stop in for lunch where you'll find authentic Finnish pasties every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Open weekdays 6 to 3, weekends 8 to 2. Milda's Cafe on Glenwood Avenue, four blocks east of Penn. Hi, I'm Matt McNeil, and I want to encourage you to join me weekday afternoons at 3 p.m. for The Matt McNeil Show. It's a Twin Cities-based full hour of talk where we discuss what's going on in the state and in the nation from a Minnesota perspective. We'll be joined by a lot of great guests, and we'll take your phone calls. Interact with us on the Twitter page, at Matt McNeil Show, the Facebook page, Progressive Citizen X, The Matt McNeil Show, and on email, comment at am950radio.com. The Matt McNeil Show, weekday afternoons at 3, right here on AM 950. 
Hey, we're back with the fourth set of the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza. We are chatting by phone with jazz guitarist Larry Coriel. One other guy I have to ask you about because he's a he's a he's a jazz guitar mystic, and I saw him at the Dakota six or seven years ago, and he played solo. Absolutely blew my mind. Is Pat Martino? Oh, yeah, amazing. And he came back, I think he had a brain aneurysm or something, and had to relearn how to play guitar. And, That's true. And he's better than ever. He is. It's really unbelievable. I was office with him uh, earlier this year in New York. Wow. Now, you're still traveling all over the world, uh, and you play in a variety of configurations. Is there anything... Currently, that you like playing the best solo with the quartet or with this Indian group that'll be playing at the Dakota first part of August. I like I like all of it, but if I if, I, if we could get more gigs, I would sure up and do more work with the Eleven House. Huh. Last last week last week was incredible. Huh. Well, we should put we will put the word out here in the Twin Cities to get uh, get that band into town. You've got you're one of those guys. That has lifelong fans like myself. I've got a dozen records of yours in my collection. I know you put out close to, if not over, seventy LPs. Is that correct, Larry Quayle? I haven't. I don't know what the count is, but I, I do record a lot. And I've had a long career. I'm, I'm fortunate that I've had good health and have been around a long time. And you still I, got- let me tell you about the group I'm playing with tomorrow. Please do. It's myself and a rhythm section, and then Jack Wilkins is one of the three of the stars. I have Jack one of his records. Yeah, Vic Jules. Wow. You know him? Yes, I have one of his records as well, but I haven't heard of either of those guys in years. I'm not going to believe how good these guys are playing. And Randy Dunson, who used to play with Lou Donaldson. Wow. We're going to take a four guitar group plus spinning section into the the um, Blues Alley. Fantastic. For their 50th anniversary of, of the club. We're going to be on The Voice of America on uh, Friday. <laughs> I will tune into that, Larry. I have to ask you one more thing. I know you uh, have things to do uh, and plans to catch. First of all, thank you, Larry Coriel, for taking the time to chat with me. I look forward to seeing you in person. I will try to get down to that Dakota show in Minneapolis. Yeah, man, I've got to see you. I've got to see you when we come to town. Oh, absolutely. I would, uh, I'd I'd love to take you out for lunch. Let me ask you this. I know you live in Florida, correct? Yeah. Now, did you ever bump into another guy who uh, I have one record by? He taught at Miami University, uh, but I have a couple of uh, guitar books by Joe, I believe it's Diorio. Oh, I love Joe Diorio. He doesn't play. He, he had a stroke. He can't play 100% right now. But he's still around? Oh, yeah. He, he had a stroke, and he's slowly but surely coming back from it. Wow. I got to drop one more name, another guy who I'm sure you love like I do, Hank Garland. Did you ever get a chance to hang uh, with Hank Garland? No, I was I was too young. I mean, he, he, I think he had a stroke, but he was in a car yeah. crash or something that was debilitating for him when he died. Yes, I believe that, but uh, left behind a long line of beautiful recordings. Uh, recordings. Recordings. Did well, I see recordings? Well, you Gary, you said accordion, yeah. <laughs> some of his first work from. That's right. Yeah. Well, Larry... Yes, yes, who, was, yes who was the first... Yes, who was the first choice for guitar? Who was that? The man I'm Rudy talking Bro. to. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Bro. You know, I had a guitar student about 30 years ago who was living in Nashville. He wanted to be a songwriter. He went to a Lenny Bro gig. Lenny needed a, a place to stay 
my guitar student had two rooms. Lenny ended up living with him for several months. And the kid had a cassette or two of Lenny coming home after the gig, just playing in a cassette recorder. I wish to God I should hire a private investigator to track that kid down because uh, uh, those tapes would be just priceless right now. If you ever hear Lenny play, there's a recording, it's a bootleg, of course, a dinner session with uh, the band, the, the bass player of the drummer that eventually ended up with Bob Dylan. No, no. Tell me a little bit more about Le- that. Leave on Helm. You are kidding me. And what's the bass player's name? Rick, uh, Rick, Rick Danko. Big Dango. Oh. And they're playing jazz. They're playing bebop. They're playing swing. There's a version of I Remember April. That it's out there. If you just find the right, uh, you know, the right... Um, um, connection. Yeah, the right connection, the right guy who's got it. Uh, you're not, you're not going to believe it. He starts... You hear I Remember April, and you think it's Tal Farlow. You think it's Tal Farlow. Wow. And all of a sudden, other stuff starts to happen that's not contract. Wow. And uh, that's why I, when you mentioned that Tom Farlow and Lenny Bro did something together, I must hear this. Yes. Well, I will, I'll tell you what, I know how to get another copy. I'm going to gift you my... Look, when I, when I, when I come to Minneapolis, with, the band is called Bombay Jazz, by the way. Okay, Bombay Jazz. You know, uh, I'll, I'll stop counting in 15, 17, and 11 long enough to go see you. <laughs> and, I'll t- and I'll take off my Indian set for a few hours. <laughs> and wait, and I won't eat Indian food. We'll just have some nice Minnesota pike or something. There you go. Walleye pike. Larry, thank and, you. And then we go can ahead. Just, we can be just guys who love American jazz guitar. Oh, you're talking to one of them, and and you're one of the masters of it, Larry Coriel. This has really been a pleasure. I uh, I can't wait to meet you in person. I'm going to gift you my. Well, person. I you, man. I'm, it's always good to meet another uh, kindred spirit. Oh yeah. Well, there's. Uh, uh, I've been listening to you for 40 years, and uh, you just uh, you've really you've made your mark on younger younger guitarists like myself. And that the fact that you're stronger than ever at the age of 72 or so is a uh, a beacon of light and hope for the rest of us out there trying to do what you are doing. Thank you. Thank you so much, Larry. Have a wonderful day. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. And uh, thanks so much for taking time to talk with us. Okay. You're welcome. Okay, bless you, brother. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. The show was produced by Paul Metza, engineered by Brad Cadaver, and recorded at the Minneapolis Media Institute. We'd like to thank our guests, Larry Coriel, Laura Sederberg, and Bruce Karsted, and remind you to go check out the great exhibit at the American Swedish Institute about the history of the Hagstrom guitar. The Institute has over 140,000 visitors a year. Make yourself one of them. They've been there since 1929 and are still rocking big time. Follow us on Facebook at Wall of Power Radio Hour, online at wallofpowerradio.com. This is your host, Paul Metzler, reminding you to be kind and make someone happy.